would it look like if we all had 30% of our time to give to those very important things that come up that initially feel like a distraction or an interruption? Hmm. What if we had margin in our schedules for that teachable moment with our kids? Hmm. That seemingly random yet impactful conversation with our coworker? Or that needed act of service when tragedy strikes in our neighbor's family? Hmm. Or that lingering conversation with a spouse that builds intimacy? And so on. I'm, I'm struck by Jesus' life. It, it seems that much of the most important things he did in serving people and also in developing leaders was unscheduled. Hmm. It's almost as if he intentionally had margin in his schedule for really important things that would come up. Hmm. On today's episode of The Chopping Block, we're going to talk about getting to 70% scheduled capacity so we can follow Jesus' lead by building much needed margin in our lives. Then we can have space to walk in the good works that God has prepared for us. Cool. Yeah. Welcome to episode 10 of The Chopping Block. So glad you tuned in. We're here at a local coffee shop, Sparrow Coffee. Come check it out when you're in Manhattan. <laughs> Come hang out with us when you're in Manhattan. We'd love to see you. Mm-hmm. Delicious coffee. Yes. <clears throat> what you drinking, Dave? Uh, the drip. The drip coffee. I am uh, trying a hazelnut mocha. So oh, good for you. One of my free drinks. <laughs> you got to get that value. All right, All right. getting to the 70%. Yeah. I like this. This is yeah. an interesting concept. I love it. So several weeks ago, one of our elders, David Renberg, preached on, on biblical hospitality. And, and uh, he, he commented and highlighted this 70% scheduled capacity. So we have margin to... to uh, to demonstrate hospitality mm -hmm. and um, he got this idea from What's Best Next by Matt Perman. So this, this is a great book about productivity, about kingdom productivity. Mm -hmm. Subtitles, How the Gospel Transforms the Way You Get Things Done. And so when David Renberg uh, highlighted trying to get to that 70%, it was picked up by another elder in one of our recent elder and spouses meetings where he just was really ruminating on that. Like, mm -hmm. what would it look like to actually get to where we're only scheduled at 70% of capacity so that we can actually be much more productive in our lives. So right. I'm gonna have the margin. Share just briefly uh, from Matt Perman's book uh, where this concept comes from. What page is it on? 223, page 223. <laughs> so in the chapter, The Problem with Full System Utilization. And so he, he says this, that um, uh, the re the reduced step, so reducing stuff in your life so you have space to get to the important stuff, is about getting rid of unnecessary things so that the basic template you've created for your schedule can work. But it's also about one other thing, avoiding the scary, what he calls ringing effect, by realizing exactly why doing less enables you to do more. So this is actually one Say of that again. Yeah, so um, avoiding the scary ringing effect, which we'll talk briefly about, by realizing exactly why doing less enables you to do more. Mm. Counterintuitively, this is one of the upside-down aspects of the kingdom of God, the way mm -hmm. he's designed the world. So the ringing effect, so this is Matt Perman talking. Researchers have found that whenever most systems, such as airports, freeways, like the highway, and other such things, so imagine the highway or the airport, Whenever they exceed about 90% capacity, efficiency drops massively, not just slightly, but massively. This is why when you're in that truck traffic jam and there's four lanes across the highway and you're thinking, 
if the guy in the front would just go 75 miles an hour, then everyone else would go 75 miles like an that. hour and it would be fine. The problem is when you hit 90%, the whole thing log jams and backs up and you have a traffic jam. Yeah. And so that's where the idea comes at. It's actually more efficient. You can be more productive mm -hmm. if you're scheduled at a less percent of your total mm -hmm. capacity. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Maybe if we think about first what prevents us from walking in, in good works or prevents yeah, us from, from getting to the productivity that we maybe we long for or probably even deeper that God longs for us that we need to hmm. uh, shape our values around. You know, why are we so busy? Um, hmm. Let's think about this question a little bit uh, yeah. with our time. You know, hardly ever do you talk to someone and, and they say, you know what, I'm not busy. I, I got a lot of free time on my hands. And you know what, if someone says that, what do we often quickly think? They're lazy. They must be lazy. They're not earning their oh, that's uh, so keep, true. you know. I remember a conversation I had with a Japanese friend, and he said to me, you mm. know, the worst thing a Japanese man could say is, I'm not busy. Mm. Why, why is that? Mm. And I think, I think we get that too as yeah, Americans. I think that's here too, for sure. We, we run ourselves ragged. Um, sorry. <laughs> We're, we're either very busy or at least we perceive ourselves as busy or want others to perceive ourselves as busy. So this is very true. Like when I yeah. talk to someone, they say, how's your week going? And my knee-jerk answer is often, oh, yeah, there's a lot going on. I'm, it's, I'm pretty busy. And then sometimes I reflect, actually, why did I say that? But I felt like I needed to say mm -hmm. that. Yep, I definitely feel this. It's almost as knee-jerk as like, how are you doing? Good. And we move on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably got going on this week. Oh, it's really busy. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so here's here's the thing. I think mm -hmm. that we keep ourselves insanely busy, or perceive ourselves as busy. I'm going to keep saying that. Perceive ourselves as busy for a couple reasons. One, avoidance, and two, identity. Mm -hmm. So let's think about it first. If we're busy or we're perceived as busy, we can avoid the things that we want to avoid. You know, we have control of what of what we do or do, don't do. Like, for example, being in silence and dealing with what's going on in our souls, to take it to that level. Oh yeah, that gets real. Yeah, if I'm not insanely busy, maybe I'll have to pay attention to what's in the surf under the surface of my life. Oh yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. I think that's very effective, for right. sure. If you just keep going, you don't ever have to sit with yourself. It's probably even subconscious, mm -hmm. but it's very effective. Yeah, so as people say, well, if I'm not busy, I go stir-crazy. Well, let's deal with why you go stir-crazy. What, what's going on beneath the yeah. surface? Yeah. yeah, that's good. Or another thing we can avoid is, is spending quality time with our kids when we don't actually know how to shepherd them well. Uh, that maybe shepherding our kids well and, and really connecting with them deeply is more difficult than just keeping busy with work or hobbies. Mm. You maybe touch on this one, but I just thought of another one. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, oftentimes, I think I say I'm, I'm busy to kind of head off at the pass and protect myself from someone else then asking me to do something. Yeah. yeah I've that, already set the foundation. Oh, I'm jumping ahead. But That's yeah, great. It's Run very effective. It. You know, if, I, if I'm busy, then I've got, a, I've got an out for the thing you're about to ask me to do. Yeah, yeah, I don't have to be pulled into the needs yeah. of a friend. Or I a mean, we're getting really real on these, but. Or a neighbor. Uh, I, I never, think that's for sure there with me. I never have to uh, mow the neighbor's lawn or uh, watch their house when or they're take someone to the airport. Or take someone to, yeah, because I'm busy, I'm, and we all get that. We, mm -hmm. uh, we, we bow to the idol of busyness in our culture. Um, yeah. So avoidance, you know, I think that's a very, uh, a real reason that we keep ourselves busy. 
any other examples that come into your mind? I think those those are for sure the ones for me. Mm -hmm. I think I think you're probably going there next, but the other one I can think of is uh, is a sense of my self worth. Yes. If I'm if I'm busy, then I must be important. Yeah, that's the identity one. Okay, we're going there next. But but run with it. So second, identity. We keep ourselves busy because of identity issues. Yeah, I mean, if you're not busy, either you're lazy, and so you're not very valuable. Uh, well, you, well, maybe that's the big one. You're lazy, mm -hmm. or you're you're you may want to be busy, but you're not important enough, or not skilled enough, or something like that. That you you don't have anything of value to do. So yeah. if I've got a lot to do, I must be important. I must yeah. have value. I mean, we're really getting under the surface on these things, yeah, but I think that's really what's under there oftentimes. It's kind of getting deep here. Yeah, I, I uh, had thought, you know, if we're busy or, or perceived as being busy, then we can bolster our identity. So this is how the thought goes, I think, at a basic level, consciously or subconsciously, probably most often. Hmm. If I can do a lot of stuff, or at least make myself and others think I'm doing a lot of stuff, Mm. then I'm important and if I'm important then I have value and people will think I'm great I'll think I'm great and maybe I'll convince that God that I'm great as well and the opposite feels true if I don't mm. do a lot of stuff or at least make people think I do a lot of stuff then I'm not important and if I'm not important I, my val I don't have value and then people don't think I'm very great I don't think I'm great God doesn't think I'm great mm. and it's at a basic level that's I think what drives our insane busyness you know guess what I mean this this may not be news to you but you can't do a bunch of stuff to give yourself the identity you crave it's impossible mm. and uh, time and time again throughout human history is, has shown we cannot mm. get this, the identity that we crave by by keeping ourselves busy only God can give us that identity mm. based on the stuff that he's done you know namely Jesus living the if you think about it, perfectly productive life. Mm -hmm. So not only has he lived a life on our behalf, but he's shown us and modeled for us how to live a, a productive life. And then dying on the cross, which, by the way, did not seem productive at the time. Oh, yeah. Good point. Uh, and then rising from the dead, so he can give us that identity we crave. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's really good. So uh, should we ask ourselves the question, uh, which one of those two do you maybe connect with? My yeah. guess is probably there's elements of both in each of our yeah. hearts. Yeah, so, so first, do you feel like you're busy? And if you say no, hmm. then maybe you're lazy. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> probably you think, oh, yeah, I, I'm super busy. And then, okay, why are you busy? Why, why do you keep yourself so busy? Mm -hmm. Is it working? How is it working for you? How are your, rela are your relationships deepening? Are your kids excited about your schedule? Um, is it really, are you really flourishing in your career because of your busyness? Are you walking in the good works that God himself has prepared for you? Yeah, um, so maybe a good journaling question if you're a journaler or if you're not, you probably could be. To, to think through, maybe assuming both of these categories are at work in your hearts and in your life, what am I, what does my busyness keep me from having to look at? Mm -hmm. And second of all, what, uh, what does my busyness or my fear of lack of busyness, what would it say about me? Yeah. And another a positive way to look at that is what what might life look like if I had margin and space? And I'm, I'm yeah, often, go ahead. Sorry, I think I just cut you off, but I, there's an identity question that um, I often think about that someone told, shared with me once that I think connects. When I ask myself the question, who am I when I cannot do? Or you could say, you know, when I'm not doing something, who mm -hmm. am I? Yeah. And I thought, I've had to really sit with that question sometimes and I 
I, it's been a very helpful diagnostic question yeah. for me on this identity one. You know, yeah. So much of what um, what I would knee jerk talk about from my identity are things that I do. Yeah. Or can do. Yeah. What you're really trying to do with that question is dig deep down where you actually can experience that you are a child of God, mm -hmm. irrespective of your no matter if uh, you can do or yeah. are doing. Yeah. yeah. That that one's pretty. That one gets pretty down there. Doesn't yeah. It? Yeah, so can maybe um, you could just speak real quick. What when you're talking about being productive for the things that God has, you know, walking in the good works? What is that? Oh, good, good question. I think um, it's all about relationships. You know, whether you're serving one another, a spouse, your your kids, a neighbor, a friend, or developing leaders as well. You know, investing in and developing people. Um, what, what yeah, relationships. I think that's the key word. Yeah. Relationships over task. People over yeah. tasks. You know. Yeah, uh, looking for an opportunity to take care uh, of someone a little bit below the surface. Mm -hmm. Good works. So yeah. good works can start with things like um, offering care to the poor and, uh, and these mm -hmm. other things. These meeting physical needs. You know, your kids probably have a ton of physical needs. That's great. Yeah. But um, also moving into some of the deeper things, moving into the soul level type of talking. Yeah. I think that that's that's often the good works that that God has for us yeah. in our lives with our neighbors, with our family. Yeah with each other good so let's talk a little more about you know what might this look like practically yeah fighting for and getting to that 70 percent. well i think the first uh, the first one is to even start to consider even these categories yeah i think that's that's foundational that's that's going to be like buy-in are you going to buy into this concept even yeah. initially something to help with that i was thinking about some of the most um, memorable experiences i've had and how often they they come in the margins of my life and the seeming distractions, like uh, the, the What's times. What's the margin? Tell me. Uh, the times, like when you, the when times, you have some space? Yeah, the times that I've actually helped people, whether it's like um, I've, I have a couple different stories of homeless people who just popped into the office or I ran into, and then I was able to carve out space and, and have margin to meet mm. them where they were at. And it took a lot of time to take them, uh, you know, to the, the hotel or to get them a, 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 a bus ticket. Oh, yeah. Greyhound ticket. Remember that one. Um, without some space there, I would I'd never have that opportunity or that experience. Yeah, you're you're talking essentially about how you need space in your life and your schedule to be mm -hmm. able to respond to these things that come up. Well, even otherwise, you're own, just going to be busy. In our own friendship, I think probably some of the most rich times and uh, conversations are not the ones we schedule. Yeah, that's very for true. staff meeting or that's otherwise. Very true. Conversations that linger. Yeah. Yeah, that's very that true. Linger. So. So that would might be the one of the, the things to think about. You know, do you have conversations that linger? Yeah. Do you have space in your life where you don't have to have something to do or something to get to, where right. where you can settle in with yourself or with someone else, mm -hmm. with God, in time with Him? Yeah. Or are you just you just going? Yeah. What else practically? Uh, uh, go ahead. For one I can think of is uh, maybe reframe the concept of boredom for mm -hmm. you. This one's something that I've been thinking about a lot over the years is to kind of reclaim boredom as yeah. a value. Um, and the secular data backs this up, I, I believe. Yeah, I call it strategic boredom. Yeah. Because uh, when I when I choose to be bored, then then things that are inside really can bubble to the surface. Right. Then my, you know, my soul can come out, so to speak, and I can really start to consider my life. Mm -hmm. I wonder if in times past, uh, folks had more margin in their life and, and subsequently had more uh, times of boredom, really, you know, times to just consider their life and to daydream. Mm -hmm. Maybe they had repetitive tasks or something like that. 
And I wonder if they were able to be far more centered, far more yeah. productive people on creative. some of these things. And yeah. Creative and curious and things. Yeah, that's right. So uh, maybe reclaim boredom. Don't don't jump out real quick. Don't throw the uh, the earbuds in real quick yeah. when you have a walk to do to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. When you have a drive, That's start practical. to take little steps. If you can build, do in, not turn on the radio. Yeah, if you can build in uh, some walking time. That even the, that walking to and from a meeting can mm -hmm. be rich. In when you mow the lawn, don't throw in something yeah. in the ears. Yeah. So a couple others. So. Um, I, uh, David Renberg, one of the things he had shared is their families carved out Saturday nights to have flexible so they could have people over. I thought that was very practical. Consider uh, having a free night a week mm -hmm. where you could actually invite someone over. You know, for example, if, if you meet someone at church or someone in your neighborhood how, and they, they need to talk, or do you want to have them over? How long would it take you to actually fit them into your schedule? Would you, yeah. would you say maybe weeks out. a couple Thursdays away? Like, I'm not sure that's minute great. spot, you know, three weeks from now. Yeah. Yeah, so, so if you're hearing this and you're just thinking, I'm overwhelmed with life, my job mm -hmm. has no flexibility, I'm, the, the kids' schedules are crazy, I just don't even know how to get ahead of it. I think this is a, a place where you, we would love to hear from you and talk with you and mm -hmm. help brainstorm. How can you move towards some longer-term goals in life to get to the productivity that God has in view for you? Another way that you could engage with this is if you're not already spending time uh, with God, in some sort of a, a concerted way. Maybe it's just, you know, st taking that first step towards kingdom productivity. I think you, you even spoke to this in our uh, Luke series about how uh, spending time with God, not necessarily seeming to do anything productive, mm -hmm. is actually the foundation for kingdom productivity. Yeah. And so maybe you need to reevaluate your value you have placed, whether consciously or not, on right. spending time with God. Yes, in the scriptures, maybe it's just sitting with Him and listening, mm -hmm. learning to journal. Mm -hmm. I think that that can be one of the foundations of the productive yeah. life. And I think we, so many folks put that in the optional category, right. when I have time. And I think that for many people, that might be the very thing that's keeping yeah. them from having the productive God life. understands why I'm not meeting with him because I'm so busy. and he's Yeah, that's not going to work in a marriage. <laughs> he's yearning for a relationship with you, and that's what your soul craves for. Yeah. And we covered the, the uh, talk in, in Chopping Block. Mm, it was one of them. Yeah, I can't remember which one. One of the first ones. Yeah, so if you're, if you're thinking, okay, how do I get started? Where do I start? Um, I think this idea of TOG, time alone with God, mm -hmm. just sit with Him, carve out as much time as you can, mm -hmm. might be a good place to start. Maybe, Maybe a, it's coming to a coffee shop like this. Yeah. Like at our house, uh, Jen and I, we do TOGs uh, once a week. We, tr we tried, uh, uh, she goes on Thursday mornings to the coffee shop for a couple hours, and then I, I watch the kids before work, and then on Fridays I do it uh, for a couple hours before work. And that has been... It's been way better than I expected. Yeah. Give us your ideas. Give us your thoughts. Let us know what else we can cover in the chopping block. Share it with friends. That's right. And uh, see if you can take a step even this week mm -hmm. to get to the 70%. Get to that 70%. Every baby step counts. Get to that 70%. All right. Tune in. Thanks for watching. Tallgrass.church. Peace.